we wish you welcome. Also our listeners, we wish you welcome. And pray that the Lord of peace, Jesus Christ himself, give you his peace today. Peace of mind, peace of soul. Whatever happens today, you know his peace is yours, is with you. We're starting at the 20th chapter in Matthew, the Gospel according to Matthew, at the first verse. Now, although it wasn't originally so, the Hebrew Old Testament was divided into verses by a Jewish rabbi by the name of Nathan, and that was in A.D. 1448. And then there was Robert Etienne, who was also known as Roberto Stephanus. He was the first to divide the New Testament into standard numbered verses. And he, that, he did that in 1555. Stephanus essentially used Nathan's verse divisions for the Old Testament since at that time beginning with the Geneva Bible, the chapter and verse divisions used by Stephanus have been accepted into nearly all the Bible versions. And the Bible divided into chapters and verses help us find scriptures more quickly and easily because it's much easier to find John chapter 3 verse 16 than that it is to find for God so loved the world. That makes sense. But in a few places, Chapter breaks were poorly placed, and as a re result, they made, made divide content that should flow together. And that's what we see here. The parable the Lord told is obviously connected to the last verses in chapter 19. And belongs correctly to the beginning of chapter 20. It's a continuation of what had started in the earlier chapter, a parable in which the Lord Jesus continues to teach about the rewards of the kingdom on Peter's question that we also find in chapter 19 then in Matthew, verse 27, Behold, we have forsaken all, and followed thee, what shall we have, therefore? And the Lord's answer was, in verses 29 and 30, Every one that has forsaken houses or brothers, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and... And then dealing with the ultimate reward, eternal life. The wages of grace and shall inherit eternal life. And then the Lord Jesus adds, many that are first shall be last. And many of the last shall be first. 
All this in chapter 19. The Lord explains his own attitude by showing how God reacts to certain situations, with, of course, here the result of the Lord Jesus is standing in the place of God. And in this parable, the kingdom of heaven be- brings to mind, as the Lord teaches, a vineyard's harvest and is only recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. There doesn't seem to be any importance to which vineyard it was, except that it was a common theme, a common subject, a subject matter of the life in Israel. It's a parable in which the Lord still teaches about rewards of the kingdom, rewards of the kingdom brought about by Peter's question, we have left all so much, and what's in it for us? That's what he's asking. And in seeking laborers to work in his vineyard, the owner promised the workers the usual daily wage of a penny, or the Greek denarius, which is worth about 16 cents and was the normal daily pay for a laborer or a Roman soldier. In Israel, at the end of September, grapes grapes were harvested and picked up until the rainy season set in. And at that time, there was always a certain urgency because if the crop was not stored at the appointed time, it could be a total loss. And so that day, during those days, and still, this meant work from sunrise to sunset, about 12 hours, as we may gather from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verse 9, when he says and asks, are there not 12 hours in the day? Now, here we see how God sees persistence and the urgency of the harvest. And here, the gospel of the harvest. God knows exactly how little time there's left for the unsaved to be reached. And the followers of the Lord Jesus must work while there is still time. True, but as said, there's another teaching here. The teaching of reward. Let's go to verse 1 and 2. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. As a rule, and as said, This seems to have been the wages for a laborer's day's work. A penny a day. And see this. The first workers wanted to know what their pay would be. He had agreed with them for a penny a day. 
He had agreed with he, they had agreed with him what the pay would be before they began to work. But it's not so with the last group of workers. There was no agreement between the owner of the vineyard and the last group that was hired. So we may assume that the first group was more concerned about their wages than those who were hired later. Let's go to verse 3. And he went about, he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. Now, the third hour was between 8 and 9 a.m. And that these men were standing doing nothing does not automatically mean that they were lazy. They were temporary help, and they were waiting in the marketplace to be hired as many farmers and fruit growers hire in during the picking season. Verse 4. And the owner said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Now we see that specific pay was not discussed here, but most likely they were willing to work for whatever would be given them, and they seemed to trust the owner to be fair. They may have thought to get a half day's work pay and that the owner of the vineyard would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day and that was all right with them. Verses 5 and 6. And again he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and saith unto them, why stand ye here all the day idle? Now the sixth hour was between 11 a.m. and noon, and the ninth between 2 and 3 p.m., and the eleventh between 4 and 5 p.m. So the last group had only one hour to work if the day was 12 hours long. But the owner was still recruiting work workers at the eleventh hour, which, by the way, became a saying, as you probably know, meaning at the last moment. He comes at the eleventh hour. And it's taken, from, it's taken from this passage of the parable of the workers in the vineyard in the King James Bible. Now that the owner was still recruiting workers at the eleventh hour, may show the crucial or vital situation to the kind of job they were to do because the harvest had to be gathered in before nightfall. And see this also, if the owner of the field had not talked to and asked these men, they would not have worked at all that day. that the owner kept coming back to the marketplace is the same as what the, as what the Lord taught over and over, that God has a great work, a great harvest. 
as recorded in Matthew 9, verse 37 and 38. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And also John 4, the verses 35 and 36. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Notice the wages mentioned here. He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. The Almighty has a place, a spot, he has a plan, he has a work for each and everyone who will answer to this invitation, to this call. Some may think they lack talent, and rightfully so, but the Holy Spirit will use that which has been offered him, and he will do the teaching and the molding. And see that those who were hired at the 11th hour got special attention. Notice that the owner of the vineyard was asking these men, Why stand ye here all the day idle? With, it seems, stress on the work, on the word here, at the work they were doing there. Right here, as he was saying. Was he surprised that they had missed his early invitation to come work for him? And he seemed concerned for them because they would be, there, there would be no other jobs left after this one. And on top of that, it was at the end of the day, and who would hire anyone at such a late hour and for such a short time? Verse 7, and they say unto him, because no man has hired us, and he says unto them, go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. He talk about wages. And again, it's not that they were lazy, but that it seemed to be hard to get a job. They say, because, because no man has hired us all day long. They may have been waiting in the marketplace, hoping to be hired. But they see the word us. See that, the word us. Because no man has hired us. They hadn't been picked yet. To work. And the owner promised these 11th hour workers that they would get wages, which was right, just as he promised all the other workers 
those of the third, the sixth, and the ninth hours. And see this, looking at the eleventh hour workers, tells that God's invitation to work will continue until the end of the age, until the eleventh hour. Some suggest that the eleventh hour workers applies to those who begin to serve the Lord in their old age. Well, obviously, whatever age people come to the Lord, they will be accepted. And there are also those who suggest that the workers who started working at the eleventh hour, that they refer to the end of the church age. He says unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. And that those who serve God in the teachings of the New Testament, in the teachings of the apostles, will receive the New Testament apostles' reward. And some go so far saying the first workers were the Jewish workers. And then also there are those who see in the working arrangement made with those who were hired first to be a reference then to God's dealing with the Jews under the covenant of the law, while the New Testament believers, they compare to those who accept that which comes by God's mercy and grace. People look at it from all sides. Let's go to verse 8. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard says unto his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last to the first. As to Jewish law, wages were to be paid certainly by the end of the workday. Look at Leviticus 19, verse 13. You shall not cheat your neighbor, nor rob him. The wages of him who is hired shall not remain with you all night until morning. But that's not always how it happened. And in that case, the workers had the right to demand their wages because the law protected the workers from being exploited by landowners. That the last were paid first, as recorded in verse 8, see there, call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And beginning by the last and going on to the first hired shows the owner's concern for their perhaps poor estate. Shows his concern for the poor, for the unemployed, for the helpless. But this also set up the confrontation with the first group about the issue of wages paid. So at nightfall, the laborers, the workers, they came for their hire, their pay. And to each of them, the owner gave the same wage. 
verse 9 and 10. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. And perhaps the owner of the vineyard was a bit unconventional, a bit different. But then again, the owner represents God who is concerned more about the motives than about the amount of work produced. God who is concerned more about unselfishness and faithfulness than about the amount of time is put in. Someone said, one hour of service performed in a trustful spirit is in the sight of God worth more than 12 hours performed in a legalistic bargaining spirit. And then again, these laborers needed the work. They needed to eat, most likely. They were mouths to be fed at home. And the opportunity of work was a gift from the owner of the vineyard. So in a way, their wages were also a gift. Those that were hired last got the same pay that those hired first were looking for. And when they saw what the 11th hours were paid, also a penny, like they themselves, they took it for granted that the owner of the vineyard should give them, the early birds, something extra. They had worked all, all day. But they only received in pay what they had agreed on. That's right. When they took the job. And this seems to show that if a person tells God, I will serve you under those and those conditions, that God may allow him or her to do that. But also that they cannot expect God to do more than they ask for when they put their service on such a basis. And it also seems that God rewards us as to our motive, our reason, our purpose for serving. The worker who bargained for a penny got just that. And the worker who left the situation to the will of the employer was more than abundantly rewarded for his trustfulness. When the first hired workers got their pay and found what the others got, they immediately started fussing and complaining with obvious resentment. Verse 11, and when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house. They didn't mention that Secretly, they had hoped for a bonus. They knew they were getting a good day's pay. But when they saw that the 11th hour day workers were getting the same pay, it wasn't good enough anymore. And they were dissatisfied. 
Suddenly their penny wasn't worth that much anymore. So their reward was influenced by how motivated they were in their work. Their reward was affected by the spirit in which they labored. Reminding of what we read in Matthew 6, verse 5, and this from the Phillips Bible, when you pray, don't be like the play actors. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at street corners so that people may see them. Believe me, they have had all the reward they are going to get. Don't you like the Lord looking at things from that point of view? In other words, they got what they wanted, what they were looking for. And they shouldn't expect anything more because really, for true followers of the Lord, God's acceptance should be enough for them. That's right. Let's go to verse 12, saying, These last have worked only, actually it says wrought, but these last have worked only one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. That's right. The first workers were upset for two reasons. They had worked much longer than the last crew, and secondly, under harder circumstances, as in the heat of the day. The grape harvest is already during the hottest time of the year, but really, they had no reason to complain because they knew that from the beginning. But the true reason was envy. They had worked just as hard and under much harder circumstances in the heat of the day and all day long, and they get the same reward? Verse 13, but he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Didn't you agree to work all day for a penny? And these all-day workers didn't address the owner at all with a polite title, introducing their speech as sir or something like that. No, no, not at all. They just started into him. Verse 12, those fellow workers worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as those of us who worked all day in the scorching heat. But he called them friend, which seemed to have been a usual greeting. But still, he said, friend, I do thee no wrong. I'm treating you fair. Philip's Bible says, my friend, I'm not being unjust to you. Wasn't your agreement for a silver coin a day? Verse 14. Take that thine is and go thy way. I will give unto this last even as unto thee. Take your money and go. C.K. Williams translates. The money may have been on the table or the worker may have refused payment. 
The owner wanted to give all his workers the same payment, those who started working at 9 in the morning and those who started an hour before closing time, all a day's wages. And also something else. One hour's wages wouldn't have been enough to support a family. The parable shows that the owner can do as he pleases and that is, he is a good and generous person and that he is kind. Verse 15. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? This is an outstanding parable showing an important truth. That it is not the amount of time you give and how important a position you have that decides your reward because we will be rewarded because of our faithfulness to the task the Lord has given, no matter how small or how unimportant that task may seem. The owner is much like a picture of God and his generous gift of eternal life. And by this illustration, the Lord Jesus makes it plain that God is sovereign. He may not reward according to how long the work was done, but according to whatever is right. Look at the verses 4 and 7. He chooses those workers for rewards according to his own judgment. And some of those rewards are blessings right in the here and now on this earth. But the implication is that the full reward awaits at the end of day the reward in heaven. But caution is needed here. The salvation of the sinner is not at all that is in view here. Some say that the penny, the denarius, is the gift of salvation, but that this is wrong needs hardly to be mentioned. If it were true that the penny all laborers receive means salvation, then salvation would have to be worked for and earned. And this would strike at the heart of grace and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in the cross, that he did in the cross. No, this parable is not the question of salvation. Salvation is a gift one no one receives but is given by grace through faith. It is God's prerogative to offer his grace to whomsoever he will. And who would criticize God's kindness? There's no law in heaven or on earth that can override the nature of God's grace. God is just and has the all-in-all all power to exert his authority and can only be criticized because of his immense goodness and graciousness 
with people. Wicked people cannot accept that. Stanley M. Horton in the Complete Biblical Library writes that the evil person, he writes about then, he writes about the evil person with the evil eye, and he says, and I quote, the expression, the evil eye, is a Jewish phrase connoting an envious, self-centered, critical attitude, as we read in Proverbs Proverbs 23, verse 17. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Envy and jealousy creep very easily into our system, and any feeling of envy should cause a believer to stop short and examine his motives. Is he working for the Lord or for his own interest and glory? We are taught in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4, love is patient, love is kind, it is not jealous. So we see that there are two groups in the parable, the first and the last. The last indirectly points to the unaware and sinful people, those who came to believe in Jesus. Those are the unaware and sinful people who got born again. But the first those who were critical, they were critical of the kind landowner. They remind of the self-righteous religious leadership and all those who see themselves deserving of God's favoring and blessing. Therefore, verse 16 in Matthew 20, the chapter we're discussing, so, the last shall be the first, and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. The first part of this verse, the conclusion of this parable, repeats, as we discussed, Matthew 19, verse 30. The second part, for many be called, but few chosen, confirms the interpretation given in Matthew 19, verse 30, to wit, the first, the self-righteous, will be barred, will be disqualified, will be excluded, will be expelled, while the undeserving, the last, will be given the wages of grace. So, it seems that here we see the Lord's answer to Peter's question about discipleship. 
when he said, as recorded in Matthew 19, verse 27, we have given up everything and followed you. What will therefore be in it for us? And the parable warned the disciples not to have such an attitude in the kingdom of God. God will reward us as to our faithfulness to the job he called us to do. It may not be something great in our eyes, but to be faithful in the spot, in the spot that he needs you, is what it is all about. Some try to find meaning in every part of a parable. That, for instance, the early morning workers were the apostles and the eleventh hour workers were those living in our day. But then it would be that the early morning workers would be complaining to the Lord of the vineyard and during the time that the rewards are handed out. No, this parable is closely connected with the previous chapter where the young rich ruler, remember, who was rich in himself, had walked away from the Lord unhappy and distressed. When the Lord had said about salvation, while impossible with men, that all things are possible with God, for it is his grace that saves us. You can find it in Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. And all that we have in eternity is that we are a debtor to grace and grace alone. That is all God has and he is and ever will be full of grace. Getting our minds and our hearts on what we have done and lose sight of grace, that's a real good way to become pitiful and self-righteous. God does not want our hearts to get away from his riches of grace in Christ Jesus. He's delighted when his children magnify his marvelous grace Read the word, read the Bible, see it for yourselves. But the Lord Jesus told this parable to keep the disciples and us from a spirit of self-satisfaction and self-righteousness and occupied with serving for rewards. The disciple does not labor for reward. If he did, he would only be a hired servant, which the believer is not. 
We, the believers, are to simply trust his grace. The rewards in his own will as it pleases him. And not think so highly of our service. Then the parable becomes a bit of a rebuke to Peter. See, who was pretty busy with what he had given up. But the first shall be the last. And at the end of the parable, the last are the first, because the Lord Jesus Christ, in his grace, will lift up those who trusted in his grace. In Matthew 22, verse 14, we read, For many are called, but few are chosen. Yeah? Many are called, but few are the chosen ones, which has nothing to do with salvation. but has everything to do with rewards. Think about it. Amen.